Welcome to the CarTech Garage, everybody. Hope you all are doing wonderful today. Um, Max and I are here for some more to drive or not to drive, the cars we love and the cars that we don't. This week, we're going to be going head-to-head with the Jeep Wrangler and the Toyota 4Runner. Which of these off-road-capable SUVs is worth the money? This is going to be a tough one. Because I'm, I'll admit it. I'm, I'm kind of slightly biased on these. These are two cars I would want to have, but wouldn't want to own. Mm-hmm. Um, just solely for the crippling amount of debt that either one of these <laughs> would cause me. So exactly, and they both cost a lot of maintenance. But moreover, the the initial buy-in price has been climbing drastically over the past five years. I mean, um, they're holding their ba- they're holding their value probably better than any other car in the market right now. It's really the truth. The the Jeep Wrangler and the Toyota 4Runner. I mean, even if you look older Wranglers, so we're going to be talking what, third generation? Yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, specifically because we want to kind of match these up, you know, comparatively with years. So we're going to be talking about the JK Jeep. That's 2007 to 2018. And then the fifth generation 4Runner, which is 2010 up. Okay. Um, Because I think those are the most comparable to um, in terms of what they offer, what they cost, and you know, well, I, that's I, I picked them, so this is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> They're two good ones, you know. If I they was are. looking for for something four wheel drive, um, kind of wanted to, you know, if I needed to go off road a little bit, not anything crazy extensive, but a, a daily driver, if you will, mm-hmm. that I can get a little bit dirty if I want to, still run errands, still mm-hmm. have some extra room for cargo, take on possible vacation. Um, these would be two I would kind of put on the list for a, a medium size SUV mm-hmm. um, that kind of fits all those. Exactly. And moreover, both of these are very popular in the aftermarket. So there's oh, a lot of companies yeah. that makes uh, make a whole lot of parts for these anywhere from, you know, suspension, wheel and tire upgrades, brake upgrades. Uh, both of them have supercharger kits available for them. <laughs> you know, so they're, they're pretty comparable in terms of what they have to offer. Now, they are two very different vehicles. Of mm-hmm. course, you know, one of the, the Jeeps uh, claims to fame is obviously they always have the removable, t- removable top, always have the removable doors. They come standard with four-wheel drive, locking systems, and all that, whereas you can get a two-wheel drive forerunner, and you can get a pretty subdued version of the forerunner that's mm. not much different from like what a Toyota Highlander could offer, except a little more ground clearance and some more rugged, masculine looks. And that's what, where if you take out, you know, even from the base model Jeep, um, you know, what you get, obviously, if you take out of the equation, the whole removable doors and removable top, because the only thing that the Toyota has in comparison is uh, yep. the rollback window and yep. the rear hatch. <laughs> that's pretty cool. So those, those are the only two comparisons. So taking that out of the equation, that's, mm-hmm. that's a big one that separates those two. Yeah. But that being said, they're pretty, you know, uh, pretty comparable. Otherwise, V6 engine, mm-hmm. four wheel drive. Mm-hmm front um front locking differentials available on the limited model and and like the rubicon and saharas yeah. you know all those TRD, you know yep. you can get the trd pros that have all of that so i mean the options wise they kind of very they similar yeah, exactly and, and that's the thing if you want a decent size suv to haul the family around go camping be able to tackle tough terrain in all weather conditions and also be able to pop it back on the street and not have too many you know shortcomings in terms of road drivability these are really the only two options i think that you have I mean, it's really the truth. I mean, obviously, you know, in the generations, I mean, nowadays you can talk about the Bronco, you know, yeah. FJ Cruisers, um, you've got Land Cruisers of the generations. I mean, there's a lot of different 
options, but these are the two I would, as I'd say, minus yeah. taking off the doors in the top. And these are also the comparable. two that you can find for sale. Yes. You know, I mean, <laughs> go try to find a nice FJ cruiser. Yeah, no. Try. And if you do, you're paying $20,000 for and a 15-year-old car. I love FJs because yeah. truth be told, if if it were just me, I would absolutely take an FJ over a Forerunner, well, without yeah. a doubt. But you know, now I've got a family and everything else, yeah. so it's you know I gotta have the back doors. I gotta have the back doors. Yeah. The FJ I love just because there's so much you can do to it stock. Mm-hmm. I mean, just with the roof racks, and you can get the option where there's basically no interior. Yep. So that's the one thing. I mean, I know we're not talking about the FJ, but I've always liked about them because the three it's just, wiper blades. The three wiper blades for me is the best part. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forget <laughs> about that one. But <laughs> we'll get back to these. So let's focus on the Jeep first. Okay. Um, 2007 to 2018. Now the big change came in 2012 because they swapped over to the 3.6 liter Pentastar V6. Now it is a better engine on paper than the old 3.8 was Mm -hmm. much more power, more efficient. Um, and there's no doubt about it when you drive the two, it's much more, um, preferable to drive the 3.6 liters opposed to the 3.8, especially when you're talking about, you know, bigger tires and everything else that a mm-hmm. lot of people put on these Jeeps, that extra power does make a difference. That being said, the 3.6 liters are so problematic. They are, but I mean, at, at least in my opinion, as I said, I love Jeeps and mm-hmm. this has always been one of the downfalls of the Jeep mm-hmm. to me um, has been the engines. You know, you have the old four liters from, from the oh, previous those, those AMC 232 straight sixes. Yeah. Those, those things were oh, so inefficient, no <laughs> horsepower, but gobs of torque and they did not stop. And I love those. But after that point, you know, when they started putting a three eights and three sixes, they're very uh, comparable to me as far as reliability and problems that they have, where with at least a three six, you get a little bit more power, better yeah. feel. It's updated direct injection, but mm-hmm. I just don't but, like the engines in them. But the three six is far more expensive to repair it's because thing. let's, let's stack it up. The 3.8 liter, it doesn't have that many problems. The thermostats will go bad on valve covers will leak. Sometimes, you know, you have a couple of cooling system issues. The heater hoses always go on those, especially on the vans. But mm-hmm. the 3.8 liter is a decent enough engine. It's just not very advanced. It's not very efficient. But in my opinion, it's going to save you a lot of money over the long run comparatively to the 3.6 because the 3.6 has a lot of common issues. All the way up until 2013, they actually had pretty significant cylinder head issues where mm-hmm. the number two valve seat would burn out. You yep. had to have the whole cylinder head gone through. Um, oil pumps fail in them, not as commonly, but still pretty commonly. But the big one is the oil filter housing, the oil cooler. Yes. Those things leak like crazy. The oil pressure sensors that are housed in them fail. And I've seen a lot of people, they'll take off the whole intake manifold and everything with just the oil pressure sensor and try to screw it in. And they'll find out that the oil cooler has been leaking for months. And there's this big foam pad that sits underneath as a, like a kind of a, a buffer. Yep. And that thing soaks up so much of that oil. So a lot of times you won't even see it. And it's different on every car because the 3.6 came in minivans and, Dead. you know, uh, sedans and of course the jeep and, and they so all leak the, in different places too depending yeah. on the engine orientation and so did the 3.8 liter you know that yeah. that's it. once again those two engines they both came in all of the chrysler line yeah um as i said i mean both those engines they are decent engines you know mm-hmm. three six better but i mean me personally and this is kind of i'm you know i i could tell you exactly every single item i would put on a jeep let's put yep. it this way i don't have one but i know exactly how i'd build one and the first thing I would do with any Jeep um, would be putting a whole new swap in it. I mean, I've looked at like a, a Cummins swap if I were going for off-road, you know, well, like a little 2.5. They did 5. have non-U.S. market. They had a 2.8 liter diesel available. 
And it wasn't the best. But it was a decent little engine. It was sold, you know, all over the place. So most of um, the Jeeps were built in Toledo. Mm-hmm. Um, and then elsewhere, they were built outside of the country. But um, yeah, it would have been nice to have a couple of different engine options in it because just being stuck with that one singular engine option kind of stinks. Now, the new 4Runners, I do like that you can still get the 4-liter. And now the brand new ones, they have the option for the 3.5 liter with the direct and port injection, which is amazing because that old 4-liter in the in the 4Runner is so outdated. Oh, it's it is. so inspiring. It's a great torquey engine, pretty decent for off-road, all said and done. But it's the, the car is kind of stale at this point. It really is. I mean, they did, you know, styling upgrades from, you know, the early 2000s, not the generation we're talking about. But, I mean, they did some styling, but the engine's virtually the same. Sure, they made some some minor adjustments, but it's basically still the same frame, suspension, yep, It's all the same car from 2010. Which, you can look at that as a good thing and a bad thing. Mm-hmm. You know, from a, a good perspective, obviously, most of those parts are similar. They're yep. readily available. And so it works. You would think they'd be at least a little bit on the cheaper end they're they're not really because it's a lot bigger parts yep but you at least know no matter where you go you're gonna find those major components that you're gonna need so if you're off-road and and, and banging on rocks all day and you're yep. out west you know you can probably go to the parts store and find a control arm if, if you're really in a bind now here's my thing because i know we've talked about the fact that both of these are pretty expensive to maintain and it's that whole ford chevy thing one you're gonna have to work on more often and that's the jeep the other one is going to be more expensive to work on and a lot more difficult to work on. And that is the forerunner. And, and it's the same way. Like we talk about Chevy and Ford, you know, with Jeep and Toyota, I think my favorite part about this comparison is you have both sides. You've got the crazy, and I mean this in the nicest way, you know, Jeep fans that are hardcore to a T, no matter how broken down they are, they always yep. will drive a Jeep. And then you've got the hardcore, you know, Toyota guys that will only drive a Toyota yep. and they'll fix it on the side of a highway. They, they don't mind, you know, and <laughs> that's, that's what I, I love about these two is that there's just so much passion, if you will, behind yep. both of those brands of, of people. No, I totally agree. And, and that's kind of why I picked these up head to head, just because they are the two premier SUVs. If you want to go off-roading. Now, the thing is, in my opinion, I would pick the 4Runner all day long just because I think it makes better use of space. It's a little bit more reliable, in my opinion. Um, you can get a few more miles out of them without any significant issues, but you're going to be going through brakes. It's going to have caliper failures. The wheel bearings on them are a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And if you have an axle seal leaking, just let it leak. Forget about it. Don't even think about pulling the axle out of that thing. Um, now, that being said, the Jeep has the two-door option, which... Mm-hmm really increases off-road capability and ground clearance. You have a better aftermarket for Jeep as mm-hmm. well, which again, that's a big deal to a lot of people, especially if you're actually going to be trying to modify whatever either one of these vehicles to make it as capable off-road as possible. The Jeep definitely has the upper hand on the trails. And I mean, even if we're taking trails, you know, aside from it, you know, as, as the joke I always hear people say is as your mall crawler where, you know, it's the Jeep or the four runners that mm-hmm. you, you basically do a bunch to and you don't really take it off-road. Yeah. I mean, if you just think about the last week, you know, if you live in similar areas to we do, of how many Jeeps you've seen with flashy lights, flashy grab bars, <laughs> I mean, you name it, it, pink colored, you know, emblems and stickers on the back window, wheel covers. Yep. Like there's just so much to a Jeep that you can make a personal touch versus a forerunner. Um, it takes a lot more to do those items. Yeah. Um, and there's not as much, you know, it's you, a lot you more You can work. build a Jeep off of Amazon. You yes. can't build a forerunner <laughs> off Amazon. <laughs> no, you, you unfortunately can't. And there it is. You know, the, the forerunner has the upper hand on road. Jeep has the upper hand off road, but 
it all comes down to which one is really worth the money. And I think a lot of that, neither one of them, <laughs> let's start by saying that because they're both, in my opinion, a little bit overpriced. Um, they're underdeveloped, um, in the later years of these generations mm-hmm. because they've both been, you know, so similarly constructed for so long. Um, however, they are again, the only vehicles that kind of fill that niche and do exactly what they do. Kind of like when we were talking about the suburban and expedition, correct. If you need those capabilities out of vehicle, then you only have so many options and you're kind of left with these two if you're into that lifestyle. And that's the truth. Like for me, as I said, I mean, from the get go, this is a really hard decision. Like if I had to pick in between these two cars, mm-hmm. um, you know, just the big, biggest deal. Cause like if I'm running down the list, comparing the two, you know, this is me personally, um, it's kind of what's the purpose? You know, is this going to be a daily driver? Going to be a little bit flashy? Maybe want to take off road sometimes? Still want a nice vehicle? I'm going to pick the Forerunner. Yep. Um, you know, get the TRD Pro with all the bells and whistles. Factory, it looks great. Awesome paint schemes. You know, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. That's what I would get just for your average daily driver. Now with the Jeep. I'm one of those people that I don't really care about taking off the doors. Like that's not a huge (laughs) thing to me. It's a little bit safety. Like, don't get me wrong. It's cool. If you had an old CJ, um, no doors off, you live at a beach house and you just want to drive it around Florida. That makes sense to me. Um, But with the new ones, that doesn't really matter because I would get a hard top, you know, full doors, no questions asked. Um, we live in Cincinnati, so I mm-hmm. have to get the weather package, yep. you know, heated yep. seats and all that. And at that point I'm starting to take away what a Jeep is to me. And exactly. a Jeep is just a rugged, uncomfortable, you know, vehicle with bare bone basics that will virtually take you anywhere. So that's where that fine line between what I want a forerunner or a Jeep kind of falls. Is it, do I not care about the driving characteristics or comfort at all? Yep. Yeah. I'm getting the Jeep every day, but if I want something daily, I'm going to get the forerunner with the AC, the yep. nice seats, heated, you know, all the stuff that comes standard on it. And that brings me to my next point. The new forerunner TRD package, that's a $60,000 car. Oh, yeah. I do not want to scratch that baby. No, I don't want to. And it, that's the thing. It's like, if you're one of those people that has enough money to where you don't give a crap about 60 grand and you'll go take it on the trails, beat it up and not care more power to you. You're living a dream. Now for me, who's always budget minded, um, again, I mean, guys, I, I drive a thousand dollar pilot just because <laughs> I, I love saving money. Um, but I would be so terrified to take that foreigner out. Now a Jeep, I'd be a little bit more comfortable beating up. It's got a little you more know, room. You, and, and also room. you can get the, the, the plastic fenders and everything. You can still get like a base model Jeep that, you know, definitely rings in a lot lower cost than a forerunner does mm-hmm. even, even a loaded one or, or sorry, a base model. Um, but for me, again, if it's my money being spent on it, I hardly ever go off road. <laughs> yeah. Now, if I did often, then yeah, it'd probably be the Jeep, but I'm going to pick the forerunner. Okay. What, what, what one do you pick? I can't, that's as I told you, I can't mean, my, my explanation where it's, it's a case of, okay, do I want something for a daily driver? As I said, is, is off-road capability if I need it. Um, still can take the kids, still can take the dog, go on vacation, still has nice ride quality. I'm going to pick the forerunner. Um, but if I'm looking something that's more for a toy, 
Um, you know, I'm going to go with the Wrangler because I like adding all, as I said, the crippling debt factor to both these cars <laughs> that I'm a huge aftermarket guy. I'm going to put bumpers. I'm going to put lights on the Jeep. I'm probably going to put a different top. Mm-hmm. It's definitely going to get a lift kit. It's going to have to at least have 37s. At that point, the engine's not going to be enough to keep up with what's going on. So now I'm going to have to upgrade the engine. Well, have you? <laughs> no, so if I throw this into the mix, now this one's kind of not fair because the Forerunner has nothing to compare it to. Yeah. And I do miss the fourth generation Forerunner with the 4.6 liter v8 yes that was an awesome truck um but unfortunately they did away with it and then you were stuck with the four liter v6 um the jeep wrangler 392 oh, oh yeah man. i mean there's there's no question there that is a beast That's, now i guess real world real world fuel economy on that thing's like no, eight miles a gallon it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you if you plan on getting a jeep and with those and i'm pretty sure if you with the 392 it's already on 35s or 37s yep that is like the cleanest easiest you can just buy it and it's very offered capable obviously at a i think a 75 to eighty thousand dollar price tag yeah oh and that's msrp i'm sure that there's a lot of market adjustment and those things are probably going for oh. 120 130 thousand dollars now i think the biggest thing and this is what really would help me factor it and it's talking about the newer generations of both those vehicles mm-hmm. and this would be the only comparison that I could really give a solid answer for would be if we're taking the fully loaded gladiator Rubicon, not the 392, but the Rubicon versus Mm -hmm. a TRD pro, um, Tacoma. And if I want one of those just for a daily driver, I'm going to pick the Tacoma all day, every day. Really? That's where, so with the four for, with the forerunner versus the Wrangler, that's a really hard decision, but at least to kind of help, I would pick the Tacoma. No questions at all. all with, With me, the Tacoma, because it has a different interior than the forerunner, the Tacoma feels small to me. It is like, it feels very almost claustrophobic. I feel like it's kind of molded around me a little bit too much. And the rear seats are practically useless. It is, but I mean, extended cab, of course, I'd have to have an extended cab short bed. So it wouldn't be towing a bunch, but I mean, that would be the biggest factors. If I was looking at the truck versions of Mm -hmm. those, obviously this isn't the comparison in here. Um, but that would be the easiest decision. If, if that kind of shows you where I lie, where, if I want something rough, rugged, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be on off-road and put a yep. bunch of money into it to lift <laughs> it, and I don't really care what it looks like, um, I'm going to pick the, the Jeep all day. But yeah. if I'm going to put something that I kind of get the best of both worlds, you know, some luxury, some off-road capability, it's going to be the forerunner all day. Yeah, I totally agree. And that's the hard part. Um, my recommendation, my honest opinion, my advice is don't buy either one unless you're going to use it like off-road <laughs> if you talk to because it's such an investment and they are very very expensive to maintain yeah. when they do break just ask your financial advisor what their opinion is and they're most likely if they know anything about cars they're going to tell you just look at down the road at how much money people spend on both of these um and they're probably going to tell you it's not a wise decision so unless that's the you hard got- part all of our listeners are probably just getting really bored with me telling them to buy a prius I know it's kind of funny. It really is trying to make you rich. (laughs) You know, as I always said, if I ever just won the lottery one day, my first thing I'm going to do is buy a Prius and put a big old diesel engine in it with a smokestack. Just because, you know, just for something different. Just Max to, the instigator. Well, always. just to make somebody smile or upset, you know, either one. If you're driving down <laughs> you the road, get a rise there's only going to be two people. There's going to be people who are going to be like, yes, that's awesome. That's great. Prius with the diesel. And then there's going to be the other side that are going to go, why is this guy blowing black smoke into the atmosphere in a Prius? So that's, and then that's there's, me as a and car then, And then there's me just shaking my head. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's how I am. 
All right. I well, like keep cars interesting. That's our motto. <laughs> you know, all right. And, and on that note, I think we'll go ahead and end this particular podcast. Uh, thanks so much, everybody, for yeah, listening. Um, don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast. Um, hit us up on social media if you guys have anything you want us to talk about. I'd be more than happy to ramble on for 20 minutes. Um, we're your guys. Yeah. And thank you uh, for all your guys' support on Patreon as well. You guys are the best.